my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Happy Full House Friday, everyone. Angela Bowen here, the host of Oh My Lanta? Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House, Fuller House podcast. Well, today I am, <coughs> excuse me, continuing my coverage of Joey's, Joey's comedic career journey series. <laughs> With season three, episode six, Star Search, which aired November 3rd, 1989. I would have been seven at this point. In this episode, DJ and Steph try to teach Michelle not to go to sleep with her ballerina skirt on, but Danny allows her to do it. It just feels like that is a cold open. That's not really a plot. <laughs> but then again, we've seen over the years and seasons Danny given to Michelle consistently and thoroughly. <laughs> Sometimes that just make zero sense. Here's an example. When Joey had two Counting Crows tickets, DJ and Steph want to go together, but there are three daughters. An eight-year-old girl has no business going to a Counting Crows concert. Need I say more? But because DJ and Michelle got the three long liquor, the two long licorice whips, and Stephanie wound up with the one that was like nibbled on. Gross. Uh, another another example would be when the thing with the bird, uh, little Sid, and how Michelle, because this bird appeared to all three girls in the bed and. In the bedroom there. And because Danny favors Michelle so much, he allows her to be the one to pick out what they get out of the catalog for absolutely free for returning little Sid the bird to big Sid. And I'm just like, this makes no sense. It makes no sense. But again, yeah. Joey gives his comedy career a last chance and wishes a... What does this mean? Wishes a challenge in Ed McMahon's TV show, Star Search? No. From what I remember, they send in an, a tape of Joey's stand-up that he's done, his routines, to Star Search. Usually they will give the address where you can send in a tape and see if you will be chosen to be a contestant on Star Search. There are no wishes involved. This is not a make-a-wish situation here. So, episode gets a 6.7 out of 10 based on 299 ratings. We got Bill Foster directing. Writers, of course, Jeff Franklin, the creator, and Kim Weisskopf. <laughs> we have guest starring Ed McMahon as Ed McMahon, basically playing himself. We have Steve Odenkirk as himself. And we have Therese Cablon as Judy and Rick Astor 
a stage manager. We do have connections. Star Search, of course, which ran from 83 to 2004. It ran through the 2000s? I didn't know that. I mean, I remember watching it. I watched a lot of Fox growing up before I got cable when I was like 13, 14 years old. So a lot of canceled shows on Fox. I probably had watched a handful of them. But, um, yeah, Joey gets on Star Search. Wizard of Oz. Oh, my goodness gracious. How many times has he done the Wizard of Oz bet? I've lost count. Between season one and season three. Yeah. Joey works lines from the film. Yeah, and it seems like when he finds out that he they sent his tape in because they dropped the bomb there, he's constantly going around the house doing his comedy to the point where the kids can't take it anymore. They are comedied. They are joeyed out. Basically. The Jetsons. Joey does a comedy routine based on the show. Flipper. The, oh, this must all be stuffed in the stand-up on Star Search. Flipper. Joey mentions the show and his act. The only Flipper that I know of is the 1996 Elijah Wood flipper version. And boy, did I, teenage me, loved Elijah Wood. <laughs> Especially in flipper. <laughs> Joey jokes about the series in his comedy routine. The Pee Wee Herman show. Joey impersonates Pee Wee Herman. Oh my gosh. Oh, too soon. Too soon with this. Even though by the time this episode is uploaded, it's going to be the second week in November and we will all have been aware because sadly he passed away just recently so Annie Stephanie sings tomorrow that's the only and I have this movie's as old as me this movie came out in 82 Annie I remember a little bit of it from my childhood but not much I just remember them hurting that poor dog that becomes I think the dog's name is Sandy and becomes, like, a sidekick to Annie. <laughs> uh, let's see. And that's pretty much it as far as connections. They, you know, for years since I've been doing this podcast, it just feels like there have not really been connections. Every great once in a while. It's like the same thing with the user reviews or trivia. Most of the time there's trivia or goofs. Sometimes there's user reviews. It's like a flip of the coin, basically. Oh, here we go. Oh, I see it. Okay, so Star Search was on from 1983 to 95. Okay, and then it must have, like, went away for a bit and then came back for a year from 03 to 804. Let's see, any other trivia? Joy laments that in 10 years or so, 10 or so years, he has been pursuing stand-up comedy. He has never been able to hit the big league, go on... Johnny Carson's Tonight Show, unlike his character Dave Cooley, made his appearance on Johnny Carson in 84, which helped launch his career. Both Ed McMahon and Dave Coulier were born in Detroit, Michigan. Yes, they are full-on, full-blooded Michiganders. Same. Even though I reside in Texas. <laughs> I will always be a Michigander at heart. And I like that Dave Coulier and I, we have that connection. That's so cool. Alright, character error. After Joey comes in from the yard going crazy with his comedy, Jesse tried to talk to him at the counter, but calls him 
Jets. Hmm. Okay, well, I, that I will look for. I will definitely look for that. Several times, factual errors, several times throughout this episode, the announcers of Star Search tell the audience they they are watching Star Search 90. The 90, referring to the year 1990, however, this episode was shot and aired in 89, so the Star Search announcers should be saying Star Search 89. You know what? This is a grape. This is a grape. This is not a goof. It's a grape. Well, it is kind of a goof, but still. Comedian Steve Odenkirk is mistakenly credited as Steve Butler, despite him using his real name in the show. Gotcha. Alright, let's see. We got any user reviews? Oh my goodness, we do. Okay. Mitch RMP, 7 out of 10. I must be funny. This is from April 13th, 2014. And here we go again. It <laughs> seems like we've been down a familiar, similar road like this before. And be <laughs> I believe we'll go down it again. After watching an old college video, Joey learns his 10 years to get high in the comedy world is almost up. He decides to be funny all the time, which naturally drives his family batty. Yeah, that would be, he'd be going over the top. So Danny sends in an application to get Joey on Star Search. He does, but unless he wins, his comedy career is over. Why is there... Why do you... Why do you want a timestamp on your dreams? I don't achieve total greatness in 10 years. I've failed. Like, no, you haven't. Just keep working at it. You'll hit it eventually. Or I don't know, maybe you'll find a passion in something else. Let's see here. Now, I don't want to spoil anything, so I can't say too much about the outcome. Come on. We've all seen this episode. I really don't watch it on the regular. It's an okay episode to me. It's not a particular favorite that I watch constantly. Personally, I didn't think either of the contestants were deserving of such honors. I've seen Joey be a lot funnier. Yeah, he could have been nervous, though. Becky is interestingly missing from the last several episodes. I don't like it. The show so much better with her and Jesse. Um, okay, this episode's about Joey, but okay. I get it. Michelle has an awkward scene of laughing a lot at something Joey said that really wasn't that funny. Then later, when he says something really funny, she doesn't even laugh. Well, it could very <laughs> That struck me as very odd. It could be the actress. Maybe she was tired. We don't know. We don't know. We weren't there when they were filming. They film long days. The children are tired. They need their naps. All right, so next one is 7 out of 10. So close to 7. This is from April 14th, 2021, so a little over two years ago. Warning spoilers. <laughs> I'm getting close to the episodes that are seven, but Star Search is just a little short. I like the setting and the Ed McMahon guest star, but this is another where Joey should get a big break. But then in the end, it falls down for him. There's a lot of these episodes I feel like for some reason, and they just aren't memorable episodes. I honestly, the reviewer, I gotta really agree with that. It really... Again, it's one I just kind of skip over. I have my favorites, some, you know, that I watch around the holidays. I want, you know, back-to-school episodes. I watch back-to-school episodes 
Tanner Island, I'll watch in the summer. Same with uh, that other one with the, the camp when, when uh, Lakota or whatever it's called. That one I'll watch during the summertime. I know September's right around the corner here. I'll be watching the Back to School episodes again, so that'll be fun. Um, it also wasn't a super funny episode, but it was decent, just not a great episode overall. So, of course, before I officially get into the episode, I want to let the Tanner Newbies, aka new listeners, I want to let you know where you can listen to the podcast, one of which you're most likely already doing. So, either iTunes slash Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud. Yes, those are the two main platforms that you can listen to this podcast. Also, the podcast does have a Facebook page where you can just type in Full House Podcast, Fuller House Podcast, the only land to Holy Chalupas podcast will pop up. You can click on it, you can like it, follow it, so you know what set of episodes I'm doing each month. Because I don't go episode by episode or season by season. I do a series of episodes, which could be either three or four episodes. Sometimes I'll do a double feature, which is only two episodes, depends on my outside outside my podcasting schedule. Also, the podcast does have an email address, so if you'd like to write in, tell me your favorite character from Full House or Fuller House, your favorite Full House or Fuller House memories watching the show. Hit me up with a trivia question, any of that fun stuff. The email address is omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. Also, one other thing about this podcast, it does kind of set it apart from some of the other Full House podcasts out there. This is a what I like to call an ears of all ages podcast, which means anybody of any age can listen to it. If you're like me, you've grown up with the show, and some of you out there do have children, you're getting them into Full House, so you have something to bond over, that's great. And sometimes you're like, hey, I want a podcast out there that talks about the show. Well, this is that podcast for you. And yes, there are other Full House and Fuller House podcasts out there that are also clean podcasts. Jody, uh, Jody Sweeten, who played Stephanie, Andrea Barber, who played Kimmy, they just started a podcast called How Rude Tanneritos. It's a Full House rewatch podcast. There is also a Full House Rewind podcast that just kicked off with Dave Coulier. And he put a little pause on his because of, you know, due to the writers after strike and everything. So he wants to show support there. Um, again, there are some, of, you know, Full House, Fuller House podcasts that are not exactly appropriate. You can tell there's, uh, if it's rated E, it means explicit. If it's rated C, it means clean. So, yeah. Now, if you've been listening since I started this podcast in April 2019 or you've just tuned in in the last couple months, couple years. All podcasts need support. If you have a moment, you could jump on iTunes and leave a review for the podcast. All five-star reviews do help the podcast get noticed by other Full House and Fuller House fans like yourselves. You can hit me up with a trivia question. Use emojis to describe characters and episode titles from either show. I would love to take it. Somebody actually did that, and it was the coolest thing. Yeah, if you want to hit me up with a trivia question, I would love to tackle that. All right, without further ado, let's jump into Star Search. 
But of course we get the adorable cold open, unless they cheat us out of it and we don't get one. But nine times out of ten, we normally, season two onward, we get a cold open. Because that's when cold opens started for Full House. Alright, during this cold open, we have <laughs> Stephanie, DJ, and Michelle, and Kimmy's there. This is kind of what kicks off the whole Michelle just in love with her ballerina tutu. Because they have the tutu on Michelle. They have her look in the mirror that's on the closet next to DJ's bed. Oh, they oh they don't just give her the tutu. They give her a tiara. Because Michelle asks, what is it? And so basically this is a tiara and tutu that has went from DJ and then passed down to Stephanie. And now... They pass it down to the youngest sister. And Stephanie says, and now I'm passing them on to you. Now you're a ballerina. Michelle is so excited. She says, wow. And of course, she doesn't know what a ballerina is. All right, Stephanie, time to demonstrate your ballerina moves. I like how we cut to Kimmy's face and she just, uh, she's just smiling. I like how she feels a part of the family and she's with the girls in this. And DJ explains to Michelle, she says, the ballerina is a girl that does beautiful dancing. So there's a little music box on the little table in the girl's bedroom. And DJ turns it on. And then she and Stephanie, along with Michelle, gets in on this, of course. Start to twirl like a ballerina. And of course, Kimmy's got to have a line here, because why else? I mean, she's in the scene for a reason. She says, I'm glad I took bowling lessons. Then maybe she should have went bowling with Danny <laughs> in season five episode, Where Oh Where Has My Little Girl Gone? But no, they had to squash a rumor at the mall that some boy was saying that DJ was a bad kisser. Okay, Michelle, open your eyes. Wow. What is it? It's a tutu and a tiara. They were mine, and then I gave them to Stephanie. And I'm passing them on to you. Now you're a ballerina. Wow! What is a ballerina? A ballerina is a girl that does beautiful dancing. Watch us. We come out of the intro, we're in the living room, Danny gathers the family, including Kimmy, because she's their maze well her. <laughs> and Danny calls for the guys, Jesse, and you're like, hey guys, drop what you're doing right now because I want to show you this tape. <laughs> Back in the day when we all was like, hey, you know what, we haven't watched that Christmas video from 1992 in a while. I have a, a Christmas family video from 1992, and I, I, I watch it every single December. And it's just, it's so sad, just because, not just that it was, like, over 31 years ago almost, but just watching that video, it just feels like every time seeing those in the video that aren't here anymore. Oh, and it just, 
just seeing just how simple everything felt as a kid back then. Because times were simpler, it felt like. I mean, growing up as, as a kid, your needs are, for the most part, you know, taken care of for you, and you're just allowed to, you know, live in the moment and be a kid and not have to worry about the big, big things that you do as an adult. But anyway, just it's fun to reminisce and just watch old home movies. But this isn't a family home movie. This is actually a tape that Danny had from back in, when he and Joey were in college. They don't really, they're playing, Bob Sagan and Dave Cooley are playing themselves just 10 years younger. And at this time, of course, it's early uh, season three. Jesse and Joey are still rocking the advertising gigs. With now they're working on a commercial for rocket feet running shoes. For a second, I thought their legs were tied together like a three legged race thing, but I'm not sure why are they. There's gotta be something special about these shoes. They gotta compete with like Nike and Reebok and stuff like that. I mean, what makes rocket feet running shoes better than Nike or Reebok? I mean, at this point, wasn't Air Jordans somewhere along the line, the Air Jordan shoes, and you also had the, was it the Reebok pump with the little, the little basketball thing that you pump up that's supposed to tighten the shoe, apparently? I don't wear shoes with laces anymore. Not, I have one pair of shoes with laces that I swear has lasted just about a decade because I only wear them once in a great while, like when I go out walking. It shows how often I wear them because the laces are like a pinkish, like orange color and they look practically brand new. Everything else is slip on. Oh, Jesse says, yeah, trying to get inspired by running around. We haven't come up with any ideas. Well, these are just tester shoes, right? Well, you're not going to be able to run around in the house. If you want to test them, get out on that sidewalk and just start like jogging to the corner and back because they're running shoes they want you to at least run or jog if they were walking shoes they'd be walking shoes so i'm i'm guessing it's just how comfortable are they uh with your your feet in them uh if you're running does it you know the spring in your step and everything are your feet gonna i mean they're probably gonna ache those guys don't look like they've run since that divorce court episode when they and Danny ran around that track. They're jogging in place. That's what they're doing. And Danny says, well, wait till all of you see this. I found one of my old videotapes. <laughs> the way he says all the videotapes. It almost seems like. He's from the future and saying, hey, let me pull out one of these old VHS. Kids, you don't know what this, grandkids, you don't know what this is, but this is a VHS that <laughs> has a home movie. And the thing is, people, I'm sure, can make money converting that stuff to DVDs. I actually, I mean, I didn't make money doing it, but I offered uh, for a family member, like, hey, I can take your home videos, turn them onto files to put on DVD, so that way, since you don't have a VCR anymore, yeah, that way you can enjoy watching them. Yeah, Jesse and Joey, who are jogging in place, are like, yeah, bye, it doesn't sound like anything I want to watch. They jog backwards. And Danny says, guys, come on, seriously, it's it's not a home movie. I'm not going to punish you with that. And 
If you didn't already know, Joey and Danny went to the same college, apparently. So the tape is of Joey and Danny on his old college talk. That's interesting. So he did have a little, little experience. Even though it was for college, a talk show for college, it's still something. The girls could not look less interested if they tried. Or more interested for that matter. This look, we look at the television and it's got, it looks like a stereo my sister had. Like, one of those long, like, metal ones with the dial that you would move around. But it's also got a record player attached to the top of it. And I'm sure, you know, they had those. I know in Punky Brewster they had something like that too. Oh my gosh! Fake mustache, fake 70s hair Danny, and that is definitely the most atrocious looking suit jacket. It's a, like a moss green, like uh, it's, it's three shades of disgusting like mint green shirt, vomit green tie, and some plaid greenish suit jacket. And just Danny with, clearly it's Danny's hair, but then they added like a, um, one of the, what, one of the Three Stooges, what's the one that had like the curly, uh, like the baldish head and like the curly, like hair crown thing going on? That's kind of what Danny looks like. Like when they had to use fake long hair for Jesse after he cut his hair and they're going into like a flashback episode. Oh, DJ says, Dad, that mustache is gross. Ew. And you kissed her mother with that mouth. Blech. And Danny is discoing. I think he's trying to be like John Travolta in Saturday Night Live. He says, this is Danny Tanner reminding you that disco will never die. Well... That's not entirely true. I'm so glad <laughs> that disco was... Neither of my parents that I know of were into disco music. Thank goodness. Oh, and here we go. Kimmy's got to get this in. She says, Mr. Tanner, don't take this the wrong way, but... What a geek! <laughs> oh! So, their show is called Campus Rap, and Danny explains this show takes a hard-hitting look at whatever the heck I want, because, well, it's my show. So, he shows a picture of toddler DJ, and Stephanie immediately assumes that it's her. She's like, oh, wow, look how young I look! And DJ says, Steph, that's actually me. We weren't born until, like, 82, and this is, like, 1970 or something. 70, maybe it's 78, 70. Well, she was born in 77. Yeah, it's probably 79. Danny, get ready to embrace the 80s coming up, please. Yeah, 77. Well, I, I was adorable. I love Stephanie's curly pigtails. Adorable. And DJ says, no, Steph, that's me. And Stephanie is like, it is? She looks from the TV to DJ. My, how you've aged. So Danny introduces Joey 
He says, well, today my guest is my very best friend. He's my fraternity brother. Okay, so Danny was in a fraternity. That's right, fraternity reunion or something to that effect. With the seal that they lost because of Danny. He says, this guy is a party animal. Here's Joey Gladstone. Joey comes in wearing a sweater vest with a short-sleeved blue button-up underneath. And... Like, poo brown pants. He's also rolling in on a skateboard. And he says, four years of college, look what I learned. Yeah, and I'm sure your dad is happy that he's paying for that. I'm paying four years of college for you for that? Jesse is loving this. He's pointing and laughing. He's like nudging Joey who's sitting in the chair. <laughs> he says, you were the big man on campus. So Danny starts prodding Joey. To do something from his stand-up. Like, hey, do, do your Jetsons routine. So he's going to go run through all the Jetsons characters. Oh, that's right. Cogswell. That's who Mr. Spacely was basically Mr. Jetsons George's boss. And he also does an impression of Astro. And here's where the cut it out got started. Even Joey's got... Like added fake hair to him like i think it's like a wig something i mean it's really blended in well with his regular hair but i think I'm pretty sure it's a wig danny says oh you're a funny guy joey and joey says yeah you know what i am so funny in fact that i guarantee you that in 10 years you'll be seeing this face sitting between ed mcmahon and johnny carson well he's half right he really has got his whole life planned out, comedically speaking. We're talking Vegas, concert to concert tours, really. I don't know about that. Well, I mean, he did open for Wayne Newton, so these that part is right. Own TV series. Well, he almost had that, so it's really interesting. It's almost like it's kind of semi-foreshadowing things that don't really 100% come to fruition. I mean, the Ed McMahon thing... In a way, but... Vern and Joey. <laughs> He's got to check the date on the tape. Um, I gotta ask, that's a great way to ruin a tape, is to pull it out of the VCR while it's still in play mode. I've lost many a tape as a child because we had a really garbage VCR that ate tapes. And I didn't know until I became, like, in my late teens, early 20s, that you could take the top off of a VCR and you could save those tapes. See, the goal isn't if it's stuck to keep pulling on it until the tape rips. Don't do that. Take the top off. Clearly something's going on. I'm sure it was very expensive to be able to get your VCR fixed and just as expensive to have it replaced. I mean, back then, VHS tapes were, what, at least $24.99? Yeah, he pulls the tape up, looks at the date, and says, I can't believe my 10-year deadline's almost up. So he hasn't been paying attention the last 10 years. It seems like if you had a deadline, you want to mark it on a calendar somewhere, like, hey, as of this date, in 1989, I, if I have it, and it, I honestly say this, don't, don't do the deadline thing. Honestly, don't say if my dreams don't come true by this time, I've failed because you haven't. That's not how life works. 
if it's not set up and doesn't go according to a deadline that you pretty much have set yourself. I mean, if you want to set aside money over a period of time to save up for something, a car, a house, what have you, and give yourself a, a, a time to accrue that, that's fine. But don't do what Joey's doing here. He didn't even remember that he had a 10-year deadline until he watched this tape. He says, I have two weeks to become a star. So he pretty much abandons job for now, saying, hey, Jess, can you handle the shoe account? Yeah, can you handle that running shoe account without me? He's like, yeah, of course I can do that. I mean, you have a dream. You got to go for it. Why don't you finish the shoe account, get her done, and then do your comedy on the side like you've been doing? You don't need to abandon your job that you get paid for. And he said, how many times do you hear, I'm there for you, babe? And he says, and you know that seat between uh, Ed and Johnny? You're there, too. It's there for you, too. Only now you can fit in it. <laughs> yeah, and even Dean is like, yeah, Joey, we're all here for you. Right, girls? And even, even, uh, <laughs> I almost called Kimmy Michelle. <laughs> the girls, you know, including Kimmy, I don't know where Michelle is. She must be taking a nap or something. But, uh, like, yeah, yeah, we'll all help you out. <laughs> what have you been doing? Well, you've been earning an income, which is important to support your comedy acts. And... <laughs> It's like, I gotta focus on my comedy career. What do you think you've been doing the last 10 years, Joey? Sitting on the sidelines? I mean, it's one thing to have a dream, but if you put it so far out of reach and give yourself a deadline, that's not gonna work for you. In a way, it almost seems like you are setting yourself up to fail. It's like, no, 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 you have your little achievements along the way until you get to that big... The big time, like, when you make it and stuff. Yeah, get down to the clubs, work up some new bits. Oh, here we go. From now on, Joey Gladstone is going to be all comedy all the time. And Jesse looks at him like, all the time? Like, 24-7? Oh, for the next two weeks? Oh, okay, great, great. We're going to support you either way. Great. Right, girls? <laughs> Certainly, <laughs> Joey and his three stooges. I don't know who he's pretending to be. One of the three guys. Uh, I don't think they want to watch the rest of it. Like, I think that's pretty much it. What else are you going to talk about? Oh, uh, no, they're like, okay. Come on, guys. It's time for the big surprise. Dan, it's going to be important. <laughs> working on a commercial for Rocket Feet running shoes. Trying to get inspired by running around. So far, we haven't come up with any ideas, but we're in great shape. <laughs> Where do you all see this? I found one of my old videotapes. Bye. <laughs> nice to come back. It's not a whole movie. It's a tape of Joey and me on my old college talk show. Bullshit. Yeah, watch this. of my very own little girl. Could you zoom in there? Isn't she? That was adorable. And all stuff that's me. It is? <laughs> 
Mass is my very best friend. He's my fraternity brother, and this guy is a party animal. Here's Joey Gladstone. Four years of college, what's that like? Mr. Spacely, everything will work out just great. Ooh, Jetson. <laughs> I love you, Lord. <laughs> oh, come on now. Cut it out. Thanks. <laughs> Very funny. You are one talented guy, Joey. You're right, Danny. In fact, I guarantee you that in 10 years, you'll be seeing this face sitting between Ed McMahon and Johnny Carson. We're talking Vegas, concert tours, and of course my own TV series, Laverne and Joey. <laughs> I'm gonna check the date on that tape. What are you doing? Why did you just rip it off? I can't believe my tenure deadline's almost up. I got two weeks to become a star. Jess, can you handle that running shoe account without me? Sure, I can do one account by myself. Joseph, if you have a dream, man, you gotta go for it. I'm there for you, babe. And you know that seat between Johnny and Ed? It's there for you, too. Well, now you can fit in it. <laughs> We're all there for you, Joni. Right, girls? Oh, yeah. Thanks, guys. Man, what have I been doing? I gotta focus on my comedy career. I gotta get down to the clubs, work up some new bits. From now on, Joey Gladstone is gonna be all comedy all the time. All the time? Why, certainly. <laughs> Come on, let's watch the rest of this. Okay. So, in the next scene, Michelle runs into the kitchen, Danny's drying utensils, and Jesse's at the kitchen table. Michelle runs in going, no! And you see she's still wearing the tutu, but she's in her nightgown now, and she also has a tiara on her head still. And Danny asks her, Honey, what's wrong? As he and he looks up to Stephanie and DJ, who walked in behind Michelle. Goose Michelle points over her finger, wagging her finger at Stephanie and DJ, saying, "Bad girls." And apparently, Danny wants the girls to get Michelle ready for bed, which doesn't make sense. Like you're the dad, you put her to bed. So. Yeah, it's like she's already got the pajama part on. It's like, okay, you had to take the tutu off. Oh, and the tiara. And Michelle starts hiding behind Danny saying, no! And Danny, again, giving in to his baby's whim, says, oh, I don't see why she can't sleep with the tutu. Why she can't sleep with that on. It'll be fine. Giving in to her as he always does. Yeah, Deetje says, Dad, you tell her she can't sleep in her tutu. So instead of telling Michelle you can't sleep in it, he says, girls, you know, it's perfectly natural for a child to be attached to a certain something. She didn't even care about that tutu until they brought it out, and she just can't get enough of it. He turns to Michelle and says, Michelle, honey, if you want to sleep in your tutu, that's okay. You Yup, here she comes. She wags her finger at DJ and Steffi saying, I told you so. And this is why Michelle is the way she is as she gets older. Because they give in constantly, let her have her way. I like that Becky tends to call Michelle out, Michelle out and just like, hey, look, you're not going to be that way. 
Or basically just, she holds Michelle accountable. Like, when she wanted to just give up with the go-kart derby thing in season seven. And Becky's like, or no, she's like, oh, you build it. Michelle says, you build it. I'll be inside watching TV. And Becky's like, hold on a minute. No, that's not how this works. You're going to help me build it. You're the one who wants to do this. I'll gladly put in time, but you need to put in equal time as well. And Stephanie's jaw is just practically on the floor. And like, oh, I can't believe you built her cuteness. And then Michelle says, I love you, Daddy. And Danny gives her a kiss. Says, I love you too. Take off your tutu. No. Dad, you tell her she can't sleep in her tutu. Well, actually, girls, it's perfectly normal for children to be attached to a special something. Michelle, if you want to sleep in your tutu, it's okay. I told you so. <laughs> I love you, Daddy. I love you, too. How long it's been, but the family is fed up with Joey's constant comedy to her 24-7. Oh my gosh. Because he's outside and you can hear him doing a Yosemite Sam impression, which is funny because when I hear that, it makes me think of the Looney Tunes show, you know, the one that I think was like in 2012 or 14 or whatever. But it had Lola Bunny, and she was kind of kooky and everything. And she was trying to get her driver's license. And <laughs> Yosemite Sam was a driving instructor. <laughs> and she looks at his name as instructor inside the car. She calls him Yosemite. So now whenever I see that, that's all I can see. It's Yosemite. <laughs> these running shoes. Let's talk about these kooky, crazy colors. Wow. They are very 90s with the just multicolored, it just looks like someone vomited up like a paint set <laughs> onto some shoes. And Jesse's like, ah, comedy alert as Joey comes in the back door. Yeah, they're all like, ah, I gotta run, see you, Joey, bye. Joey says, stop, nobody move. And the girls are in the <laughs> doorway, and Stephanie says, oh, they're so close. They're over it. But again, they're trying to be supportive, so the cluster smiles on their faces. It's, <sighs> I don't know who Jimmy Vibrato is, if that's just someone he made up. He's, he says, live from Vegas, the song stylings of Jimmy Vibrato. He's, like, running around the kitchen just doing these little one-off bits, and it's just, ugh. Enough, enough, enough. I think everyone here is on comedy burnout. Like, Joey is running high on comedy adrenaline. Two days, guys. 48 hours this has been going on. As Jesse says, Joseph, you've been living in, in Toontown for two days. Wait a minute, isn't Toontown in... Hey, Jeremy? Toontown, that's in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, right? Yeah. I thought so. Jesse tells Joey, start acting like a human being. 
And of course we get a Pee Wee Herman reference. Oh my, that's just, oh, it just hits, it, it hits different now that he's gone. My goodness. Oh, I gotta say, I wonder where you could find, maybe back then, the oven mitts shaped like an, well, one is a, I think it's a cheetah or a leopard, I'm not sure. I remember in the episode in season one when Stephanie had the chicken pots, she had the different oven mitts. So she wouldn't scratch at her chicken pox, but they're different animals. Jesse is like following Joey around the kitchen. He's like, I'm starting to lose it, man. I'm starting to get irritated. In fact, I think he's already past irritated. Oh, here we go. John is Stamos breaking character. You see the smile on his face as Joey's got the... What the heck? What is that part of the, 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 the sink hose? I don't know, vegetable spray or whatever you want to call it. As Joey's doing the I'm singing in the rain. And John Stamos is breaking character because you just see him smiling like he's been trying to hold it in. And it's just, he can't anymore. And of course, Joey turns the vegetable sprayer on Jesse's face. No more smiling. Uh, then he goes over and crouches down in front of Michelle and says, Michelle, let me show you my Bob Hope impression. And she just puts her hands up waving, no! <laughs> I think the rest of the family is like, Joey, just stop. Save some stuff for your act. Yeah, honestly, I think he's on comedy burnout. The family's on comedy burnout. It's almost like he's doing like, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not, not a mashup. What is the thing where it's like, I don't know. A bunch of like songs but like pieces of songs like kind of put together into one song I can't there's a word for it I can't think of it but that's what Joey is is doing yeah it's almost like he's doing like a comedy medley just of one long rugging gag made up of like five second jokes this is not the first time nor the last time he will do a Bob Hope impression <laughs> of Bob Hope in front of Rusty. And Rusty, I swear, this kid is getting more irritated by the minute. He just, he, you can't, he can't roll his eyes any harder. He's, his arms crossed. He's like, how does this family put up with this guy? I don't know, because I can't. So Jolie finally leaves the kitchen, and Jesse says, if he doesn't cheer down, I'll break his bunny bone. And this is where Danny admits, you know, I might have done something that can actually help Joey's career. Poor, he says, no, listen, I'll tell you, but you guys got to keep this a secret. Staff, we're looking at you. Michelle's not in the room. But you're the biggest tattletale secret spoiler in this kitchen right now. They all literally look at Stephanie. I'd be like, Steph, Steph. You leave the room. You can't know this because we can't trust you. DJ, Jess, come here. I'll tell you. Steph, Steph, get out of the kitchen. Steph, I hear, I, I see your feet underneath the door. Move away from the door. Thank you. She says, how rude. Well, sweetie, that's what you get for uh, being a, a secret spoiler. You cannot keep a secret to save your life, girl. And she... <laughs> 
purses her lips together and pretends like she's locking her lips together with the invisible key. Like, okay, Steph, I'll trust you this once, but if you let this slip, you will not get any birthday or Christmas presents this year, I swear. So, Danny says he sent a recent tape of Joey's after the people at Star Search. And then again, I mean, it's like, yeah, they're like, oh, that's so great. But Danny's like, guys, seriously, it doesn't mean he's going to get on the show, for sure. I mean, but eventually we should find, I would imagine, what, do they send you a rejection letter in the mail? I don't know, an acceptance letter? Do they call you on the phone? I have no idea how this works. I mean, this, you know, Star Search is, you know, it's pre that, what, America's Got Talent, American Idol, stuff like that. It's, it's pre all, which is interesting because the boy who plays Derek from season six onward was on Star Search. I remember seeing him on Star Search after already knowing he had been on Full House. So Stephanie takes the, the key, <laughs> locks her lips and says, Joey's going on Star Search? Wait till we tell. And they're all like, Steph, don't you dare. Don't, don't you dare. Don't you dare take a step into the living room. Steph, get back here. No. No, you promised you said you'd keep it a secret. We're holding you to that. And they look at her and she says, what do I tell? Nobody. Don't whisper it in Michelle's ear because we've already seen that she can't keep a secret. Ooh, I hate that rabbit. <laughs> Comedy alert. <laughs> Too bad we're doing it. What do you mean? Live from Las Vegas, the song stylings of Jimmy Vibrato. Hey, people, I love you. Ooh. I have really got to get myself some contacts. Boy. <laughs> hey, look at this. Peking duck. <laughs> Jesse, you've been living in Toontown for two days now. Start acting like a human being. I know you are, but what am I? <laughs> hey, you kids, stay off our planet. <laughs> Get it off! It's attacking our village! <laughs> hey, what are you looking at? You look like Mo. the warden, we'll give you the priest. <laughs> Michelle, let me show you my Bob Hope impression. No! <laughs> hey, is she wild or what, huh? I think I'm gonna put her on my special with Brooke Shields, huh? <laughs> he doesn't cheer down or break his funny bone. Well, I might have done something that can actually help Joey's career. Yeah, but if I tell you guys, 
You gotta promise to keep it a secret. How rude. You're not wrong. I can keep a secret. No, you can't. Alright, here it is. I sent a recent tape of Joey's act to the people at Star Search. Well, That's a good right, idea. Dad. Well, it doesn't mean he's gonna get on the show for sure, but we should find out real soon. Joey's going on Star Search? Wait till I tell him. Nobody. So in the next scene, Stephanie comes in the door with the mail. She yells, Daddy, Uncle Jesse, DJ, everybody but Joey, come here. And she says, we got a letter with Ed McMahon's picture on it. It must be from Star Search. I'm like, yeah, or Publisher's Clearinghouse. One of the two. She whispers it. It must be from Star Search. And DJ asks, those, I don't know, those are hit. Oh, boy, those are hideous earrings. I don't even know what those are supposed to be, but they're like white X's for earrings, and they're just atrocious. DJ, what were you thinking? You're a teenager in the 80s. You should be at the height of your fashion. <laughs> did I call it or did I call it? She says, it's great news. We may already be millionaires. So it's Publishers Clearinghouse. Hello. Yeah. Shoot. Wow. Joey comes in the doorway and he has never sound more depressed. He holds up a bag with maybe the butt ends of the bread loaf, because who eats the butt ends? Um, <laughs> it's like, I'm going to make some uh, French toast, you guys, funny. And Jesse notices this change in demeanor from Joey immediately. He sounds down, depressed, just not his... I mean, he's... He, his comedy has burnt out, apparently, and he just figures since he hit that date, hasn't happened yet, then I guess it's not meant to. It just seems like the same thing, only different from the last episode. Before it was, he was going up on stand, for uh, the stand-up for a possible HBO special, and Phyllis Diller took his slot, his time slot at the club. And he's like, well, it's not going to happen for me. I'm just going to. It's like, you let one thing stand in your way. One measly little thing. It's not like you couldn't have gone back the next time. Phyllis Stiller ain't going to be there every single time. I'm telling you. Her jokes weren't even that good. But anyway, and now he's just, he's like over it. Like, uh, it. Yeah, Jesse asks, like, hey, Joey, are you sick? How come you're not acting goofy? Oh, Joey. Oh, my gosh. He says, who am I kidding? My tenure deadline is up today. Oh, again, with the time limit. Do not give yourself a time limit on your dreams because you'll just end up disappointed just like Joey there. Yeah, he says, I'm not famous. I'm never going to be famous. And I'm like, well, not with that attitude, you ain't. And Joey says, look, the only thing that could save my career now is a miracle. Well, you know how they say miracles happen every day in one form or another. That that day may be your day, Joey. Here's your miracle, Kimmy Gibbler. I think I, I mean, I think I want to, we'll put a pin in it. Because she's wearing fuchsia and like black short leggings with also, they're, they're black but one leg has fuchsia. I don't know what's going up with these shorts, but, uh, yeah. Do you want to know why you didn't get that piece of mail? Because Kimmy already got it and read it herself. 
Oh, it's a letter. That's right. It's a letter for Danny Tanner because he sent it via his name. So that way, hopefully, they sent a letter that would go back to Danny and not Joey because they don't want him to know. Danny goes over to Kimmy, takes the letter, like, all right, thank you much. And she puts her hand out like she's the paper boy and expecting a tip. Yeah, he says, here's a tip. Stay out of my mailbox. You, you don't see me rooting around your house and your mailbox and your personal belongings. Stay out of mine. You're welcome in my house, but stay out of my mailbox. Yes, of course. It so happens that the mailman delivered that to my house by mistake. Sure he did. It happens all the time. But we only keep the magazines. I'm, like, I'm canceling my magazine subscriptions then and I'll just get them at the store. Danny looks at the letter and his eyes are literally like bugging out. And he pretty much lets the cat out of the bag right away. He's like, yes, Joey's going to be on Star Search. Joey's standing right there having no idea what, what, what do you mean I'm going to be on Star Search? I never, what, how, huh? And they're all like, way to go, Joey, all right. And he's like, wait, what, give me that letter, what? Wouldn't it be weird if your family got good news about you before you actually got the news? Wouldn't that be like, I mean, really? Yeah, he says, really? I'm going to be on Star Search. And <laughs> Kimmy asks, as a spokesmodel? Kimmy, please, go home. And he says, wow, this is so great. How did this happen? And of course, Danny says, we had so much faith in you, Joey. We sent your tape to Star Search. You probably got so many comedy tapes. What one did you send? The one you played yesterday? That one... <laughs> He got on Star Search. He got on Star Search based on that one tape that Danny showed. They, uh, that's not Joey's best. He only did like one impression of the Jetsons. And that was basically it. They probably want to see an array of, or an assorted amount of stuff that, you know, a, a variety of stuff that you can do so they can see, like, okay, they have a lot of different range. You can go this way, that way, this, you know, up, down, south, you know, all that. And he's just, he's so happy. He's like, you guys are the best. Thank you so much. This is so great. He was having a bummer day. His 10-year deadline was up, and his comedy was in the it just was not going anywhere. And see, I like, like I said, didn't I just say, I said miracles happen every day in the strangest way, but they happen. Finally, after all these years of struggling, playing those little, oh, oh, yes, let's put down the little comedy clubs that took you on as an act. <laughs> all this, uh, yeah, it's like, that's the thing. You haven't even gotten to the stage on Star Search and you're already belittling all oh, those little clubs that I was in. Puh. It's like, those little clubs helped you get some exposure at least, buddy. Come on now. It all pays off right now. Well, if any, if anything, I mean, if he, even if he doesn't win, I mean, or whatever, at least, again, he's getting exposure on television for his comedy. He's getting himself out there. He says, I am going on Star Search and I am gonna win. Yes, he is so pumped. He's like, I'm on my way to Star Search and I'm gonna win it. I'm on my way to the top. He's been, this whole scene, he's been holding that empty loaf of bread, that bread bag with the two butt ends of bread the whole, through this whole. Get it?
French toast. Joe, are you sick? How come you're not acting goofy? Who am I kidding, Jess? My tenure deadline is up today. I'm not famous. I'm never going to be famous. The only thing that could save my career now is a miracle. Mail call. Letter for Danny Tanner. I'll take that. What? No tip? Here's a tip. Stay out of my mailbox. It so happens that the mailman delivered that to my house by mistake. It happens all the time, but we only keep the magazines. Yes! Joey's gonna be on Star Search! Really? I'm gonna be on Star Search! As a spokesmodel? This is great! How did this happen? Joey, we had so much faith in you, we sent you tape to Star Search. You guys are the best. This is so great. Finally, after all the years of struggling, playing those little comedy clubs, it all pays off right now. I am going on Star Search, and I am going to win, and I am on my way to the top. Right. Thank you, people, because I love you. All right, so it looks like we're in a dressing room. It's got a nice sofa. It's got a picture on the wall that says America's Star Search. <laughs> DJ and Stephanie can't get enough of this place because DJ comes in, oh my God, you will not believe who we saw tap dancing in the hallway. And <laughs> Jesse asks, Ed McMahon, junior dance champions four weeks in a row. Wait a minute, the... Tapping Takiyamas. Is Harry part of this? <laughs> That's Harry's last name, Takiyama. Oh, no. She's got Star Search Envy for Stephanie. She says, I wish I could be on Star Search one day. Okay, worst outfit of the episode. <laughs> Dead ringer right now. Stephanie shirt. What is this 3D monstrosity? It's a black shirt with pinned on fuchsia and red ribbon. Just looks really gaudy. All right, so a production assistant, whoever he is, I guess he's the person in charge of the contestants. He tells Joey that he has 10 minutes to be ready to roll. So DJ says, hey, Michelle, since you got your tutu and your little tiara, I want you to show the man your ballerina moves. Deej, this man is very busy. He's trying to get the contestants ready to go. He's on a schedule, a tight schedule. He has no time to watch Michelle do ballet moves. Michelle does her ballet moves. And then here comes Stephanie singing the song Tomorrow from Annie. The guy is just like, I got places to be, people to see. I got things to do. That's great, kiddo. <laughs> I need to leave now. So... Ballerina time's over as Michelle takes it upon herself to rip off the t the tiara, the tutu, and just say, I'm done. She follows Stephanie out, going, tomorrow, tomorrow. <laughs> oh, yeah, when she takes the tutu off and the tiara, she puts her hands on her hips and says, no more ballerina. And Joy asks, why not? And she puts her arms out just like Stephanie and says, tomorrow, tomorrow, I love you, tomorrow. And 
<laughs> yeah, Stephanie's already out the door. So is Michelle. And DJ says, <laughs> little kids, I better go get them before they embarrass themselves. And, of course, DJ goes out singing tomorrow. That's a triple tanner act. So they got to get back to their seats. And Jesse says, hey, Joey, look, don't be nervous, okay? You're going to be great. And, again, here we go with Joey saying, why should I be nervous? Just because the last ten years comes down to the last... It comes down to the next 10 minutes. Like, that's not how that works. Even if you don't win, again, you're getting yourself out there. Yeah, he says, my entire life is riding on my one and only shot. Who thinks like this? They, they really need to rethink. That's not how that works. It's not a make it or break it situation. Dude, it's going to be fine. You'll be fine. And there's going to be more... Con people in the audience watching you than any of the clubs combined that you have played in. And you're going to be televised on TV. That's about as close to an HBO special as you're going to get. And you're probably going to reach more people because how many people had HBO back then? Oh, yeah, he's got his Pepto. I've only taken that for, unless he's got heartburn, I mean, you don't take that for anxiety. That's for heartburn I thought it like sometimes when you eat something that doesn't sit well with you like if you eat something really big and it's just not digesting properly and you're like yeah let me take Pepto let me take Tums stuff like that you won't believe who is on tap dancing in the hallway Ed McMahon junior dance champions four weeks in a row the tapping Takiyamas I wish I could be on star search someday Gladstone? Ten minutes. Thanks. Why don't you show the nice man from Star Search what a good ballerina you are? <laughs> tomorrow, tomorrow, I love you. Tomorrow, you're only a day away. <laughs> Thank you. No more ballerina. Why not? Tomorrow, tomorrow, I love you. Tomorrow. Little kids, I better go get them before they embarrass themselves. Tomorrow! Better get back to our seats. Go get them, Joey. Yeah, and don't be nervous. Oh, why should I be nervous? Just because the last ten years comes down to the next ten minutes? Just because my entire life is riding on my one and only shot at stardom? You see? Nothing to be nervous about. Good luck, Have fun. So, I think this is a Steve Odenkirk guy, and he's got a jacket that's got, like, multiple fake hands on it. He's talking about, like, oh, if you ever want to impress anybody, go to a disco and do this. I'm thinking... People are just applauding... Well, the guy's finishing his act. We didn't see the rest of what he did, but it's just... It, it ain't good. It's not good at all. I'm like, that's what passes for funny? I mean, if that's what passes for funny in the 80s, boy. So, I guess this was the returning champion from last time. And even Ed McMahon is just like, that was funny stuff. It just sounds like he's rolling his eyes hard in his head, in his mind. So, now we get a little, um... Info about Joey. 
Alright, so Joey is the challenger and Steve Odenkirk is the champion. So he says Joey's from San Francisco and works in advertising. He's been doing comedy for 10 years. <laughs> and <laughs> he says, whoa, that's a long time. Please welcome Joey Gladstone. I like that we see the Star Search logo come across with stars and you see challenger Joey Gladstone on the screen. So he starts out with one of his hobbies, you know, playing ice hockey. He says, so I played ice hockey for 13 years and it's great to be alive. Thanks. And he says, I'm playing in a league in California. There are surfers in this ice hockey league. <laughs> I like how he says, yeah, these guys are probably thinking, if this ice melts, cool dude, surfs up. <laughs> it's a rink. You ain't gonna be surfing on a rink. <laughs> I see water. Wow, did they pull the same audience from uh, Joey opening for Wayne Newton? Because, uh... <laughs> I don't know what uh, Candace Cameron is looking at Danny, who's laughing, and Michelle looks like she would rather be anywhere else. So Joey continues on with the surfer hockey joke and how the surfer is talking ice hockey philosophy. Yeah, the whole, like, what do they call that? Uh, not stereo, I mean, stereotype of, like, surfers, like, all apparently have long blonde hair, and they're the whole, like, running their hand through their long hair, and Joey says, and, and, you know, and he had a helmet on when he did that, which was really weird. Yeah, and he's putting on, like, a California surfer accent, saying, you know what, like, the greatest thing about ice hockey is, dude? You break a bone or something, and the ice is, like, right there. He moves on to a Jacques Cousteau special, and apparently Rod Serling used to narrate. Rod Serling, the Rod Serling that would be part of the Twilight Zone episodes. Oh my gosh, if you haven't seen, you need to watch the Twilight episode, Zone episodes from like the 50s. It's like so good, so good. My favorite, of course, is Time Enough at Last. If you're a book reader, you will get the episode. So, and then he also adds Flipper in there, saying this is what Flipper's wife does when she has a headache and just shakes her head. Like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> and then, of course, he does the famous, cut it out. <laughs> of course, DJ's clapping, he's like, all right, Joey! And they're like, Joey, yeah, you're the best! Oh, Popeye. Going back to his Popeye roots. And he talks about Popeye and how he and Blue were, Bluto were fighting over olive oil. <laughs> and he's like, I, I can say, why? What a bod, right? Yeah, right. He's like a pencil. And they enjoy his Popeye impression. Wow, are these the judges? Because they look more disinterested because it's like they're robots and they're just clapping. On, no, no smiles. No smiles. Oh, that one guy. Wait a second. That guy there looks like Jeff Franklin. I think <laughs> this contest is rigged. If he's there, then why didn't Joey win, right? There's like four people on the, uh, we got one lady and three guys. So and then he sings the Popeye theme song and then that's pretty much it. I guess he only had 10 minutes, so that's what he went with. No Bullwinkle. Everyone seemed to like him. 
Funny stuff. Thank you, Steve. That was the champion. Now let's hear from the challenger. He's from San Francisco, works in advertising. He's been doing comedy for 10 years. Whoa, that's a long time. Please welcome Joey Gladstone. So I played ice hockey for 13 years, and it's great to be alive. Thanks. I'm playing in a league in California, and there are surfers in this ice hockey league. And these guys are thinking, this ice melts. Cool dude, surfs it up. <laughs> There's a surfer standing next to me. He's got all his hockey gear on. He starts talking ice hockey philosophy to me. He starts going, oh, you know something, dude? And he had a helmet on when he did that, which was really weird. You know what, like, the greatest thing about ice hockey is, dude? You break a bone or something, the ice is like right there. <laughs> Remember those Jacques Cousteau specials that Ron Serling used to narrate? And Cousteau was always in search of something really strange. You know, it's like, we are going down to find lost tennis shoes. <laughs> then you'd hear the theme music. <laughs> We find Cousteau and the Calypso team three miles off the coast of the Netherlands. There they ready their sonar equipment to go in search of the dying walrus. I love ocean life. Everywhere I go, I hear those damn birds. Finally, Cousteau gives the order to lower the sonar. What? Just lowers it and think what? And of course, this is what Flipper's wife says when she has a headache. <laughs> Come on now, cut it out. I've always loved Popeye cartoons. Seems like every episode of Popeye the Sailor is always the same. It's where Popeye and Bluto are fighting over olive oil. And I think we can see why. <laughs> what a bod, huh? <laughs> olive oil always gets in some kind of stupid predicament in the beginning of the show. Oh, Popeye! Oh, dear! Oh, my! Oh, boy, that Disney world's got a boy. Oh, embarrassing. <laughs> She knocks Bluto for one big salad punch, really nails him. And at that time, Popeye wins his beautiful, vivacious looking queen. Yep, you guessed it. Olive oil. And what a babe, huh? Check her out. Teams are both our competitors this evening. Now the judges have voted. Now let's see how both of you rated. Champion Steve Odekirk gets four stars, a perfect score. The challenger, Joey Gladstone, gets 
Four stars, another perfect score. Cool. Well, as you may know, the way we break ties here on Star Search is to have the studio audience vote for their favorite. We'll have the results at the end of tonight's show. <laughs> Judy. This night of shining stars will return here on Star Search 90. So don't go away. Danny, sit down! <laughs> Alright, so we come back from commercial and Ed McMahon is going to see who's going to be continuing on the journey as champion or <laughs> who's just going to be moving on, period. And eventually the person who is a champion will continue on the journey of hopefully winning $100,000. So I gotta ask this. I wonder if, you know, Joey's family, if they're not even allowed to vote, because maybe that would be a, a conflict of interest in the voting. Or I don't know how that would work. We're back now for the tiebreaker in the comedy competition to see who goes on toward that one hundred thousand dollar grand prize. Our studio audience voted by secret ballot. I have the results right here. It's between the champion, Steve Odekirk, or the challenger, Joey Gladstone. Well, this is it. The beginning or the end of my comedy career. At least he's going through the same torment I am. I wonder where I can get a good burger after the show. All right. Let's see who it's going to be. Ladies and gentlemen, Steve Odekirk. Still champion. Congratulations, Steve. That's great. We'll see you back here on the stage next week on Star Search. Good job. So, of course, we get in our monologue from Joey about, he's like, oh, this is it. Make it or break it time. My whole comedy career leads up to this moment. If I don't win, then... That's it for me. And I guess that Steve Odenkirk is a prop comic. We only saw one thing they'd be doing, those, like, fake hand jacket thing. And apparently he's still the reigning champion, and he'll be back the following week. So, yeah, I can see how Joey was not happy. You know, it's just, dude, I guess they just like what they're familiar with. That's one thing, you know, to be a prop comic, it's another one that mainly just Joey pretty much just does impressions, which, I mean, is, is okay, too. But it's, it's more like he was relying on the familiar, like, a story about him playing ice hockey, and then you got your impressions of Jacques Cousteau and Popeye, because he only had ten minutes. And you, you heard Stephanie just like, uh-oh, this isn't good, basically. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it's not. Joey is sitting in his dressing room, staring at his reflection in the mirror, just like feeling lower than low. Like, oh, he had thinks now that he didn't win, he failed. Like, no, that's not it. You just keep doing what you're doing. Joey, good show, buddy. Yeah. Just remember, that guy needed four arms to beat you. <laughs> Joey, you were the best. You were better than the best. You were the bestest. You were super best rock. You were the It's gonna wear out your tongue. You just hate my spunk. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, thanks, everybody. I'm just glad I'm getting out of comedy while I'm still young enough to laugh about it. <laughs> Again with the getting out of comedy? Uh, girls, your Uncle Jesse and I want to talk to Joey for a second. Why don't you, uh, go get Ed McMahon's autograph and find out when our million dollars is coming. Oh, okay. Yeah, again with that, I'm getting out of comedy before... It's like, no... Really? If, if that happened to everyone who wasn't successful right away and just decided to give up on a dream that they'd been working towards for a long time, it's just like, come on now. There would be a lot of job openings if everyone just gave up on their dreams. Like if people that were pursuing a medical career decide halfway through, like, I'm not going to do this anymore. We'd have no doctors. If people in pre-law decided, ah, I don't want to be a lawyer anymore, we'd have no lawyers. Just, or just, anyway, just, I don't know, just. I don't think it's, I mean, he's frustrated, but he's pulling the same thing he did at the, with the stand-up episode. And But seriously, folks, so Danny realizes he and Jesse need to talk Joey down from the ledge. So they, Danny says, hey, girls, why don't you go get Edmund Command's autograph, if you can find him, and find out when our $1 million is coming. Danny, it's not coming. Not to you or to anyone else who got those things in the mail. And that's a, it's honestly a scam. Those publisher clearinghouse things. I mean, hey, if you got a check, one of those big checks and showed up at your door, I mean, that's cool. But it just it felt like the biggest scam just to try to get you to buy stuff. Like, oh, every time you buy something, you're entered into win. Ugh, no. Save your, save your money. Save your money. So... As soon as the girls leave, Joey already knows what Jesse and Danny are going to say. And he kind of cuts them like, guys, save it. All right? I know what you're going to say. Keep working at it. It's going to happen. You know, and that just makes me think about, like, sometimes your dreams, like, you don't get to be exactly what you want, but you get to be, like, a variation of it. It just makes me think of that country song called Life Happened, where one person wanted to be a movie star one day. And everyone thought, oh, she's going to go far in life and everything like that. And it's like she's doing a variation of what she wasn't able to do. She's becoming a high school play director. Even though she's not seeing her, her name in lights and she's not on Broadway or in Hollywood or anything. She's doing a variation of that. Um, another example in that song is a guy that wanted to be a NASCAR driver or something and... He was always racing his vehicle around, and then he catches up with the main person of the song at a reunion, and she's like, what are you doing? I thought you'd be doing the NASCAR circuit, and he's like, well, unfortunately, I was driving truck, got into an accident, physically hurt, now I'm basically teaching driver's ed at the high school. So it's almost like a few steps down from what your dream is. It's like they're doing like a small bit part variation on that. Like now you're behind the curtain directing the next famous actor or actress or now you're teaching the next generation to drive and maybe one of them will be an NASCAR. I don't know. 
But Joey's heart is like, save the pep talk, all right? I know what you're going to say. Keep hap keep working at it. It's going to happen for you. Well, Ranger Joe, boom. He, he gets that. It's not the same thing as being a stand-up comic or even working with Frankie and Annette. Sure, that pilot didn't get picked up. I mean, yeah, that's the next episode. Joey goes Hollywood. But still, it's a chance. And you're working with some really great people. Sometimes I think, honestly, we set the bar so high that we can't even touch it with our, the tips of our fingers. And sometimes, I mean, it's just better to be realistic. Not that you can't have your dreams, but you gotta make smaller goals to work towards the bigger dreams. Like, you can't say, oh, I'm gonna be an astronaut one day, and then just hope that by magic it will just happen. Like, there's a lot of steps involved in that process. And think about it. Yeah, he's like, Joey's pretty much saying, yeah, I get it. You're going to say, you got a perfect score on Star Search. You made millions of people laugh. I'd be like, well, I mean, the audience, sure. I mean, we don't know about the people at home. But it's like, dude, you were picked to be on Star Search. You want to know how many tapes they probably have to go through all the time and decide who's going to be and who's not? You're lucky to be a contestant. You got your exposure, sure. But why is it going to be all or nothing with Joey? It's the same thing with Jesse. That's all or nothing. If I don't create this one-hit song, then that's it for me. It's like, don't give yourself deadlines and don't give yourself ultimatums. It's like, that's not healthy. <laughs> and that's not good for your self-esteem. And then Joey adds, like, oh, your deadline was totally arbitrary, so if you give up now, you are stupid. It's like, basically, he's telling them what he imagines they would, the pep talk that they would give to him. Okay, I already know what you're going to say. And he says, is that pretty much cover it? Both Jesse and Daniel, you know what, yeah, that actually kind of does. And Joey's got his duffel bag with his stuff that he brought, and he's putting his Pepto in there, and he's like, look, guys, I know that you care about me, and I care about you, you know, thank you so much, but I'm doing the right thing. And I'd be like, no, Joey, you're not. You're giving up on your dreams because it didn't pan out on Star Search. And Jesse, honestly, is a very good example of his, with him with his music, exactly, just like that. He's, he's struggling, but he's still working at it, and that's what you do. No one hears about all the little jobs you probably had to do before you eventually hit it big down the road. Or some variation in that. I mean, in order to have a dream, you have to have other jobs and something to help support your dream and pay your, for yourself along the way while you're making that dream come true. No one honestly became a success overnight. I'm sorry, but no. I mean, you don't hear about all... All the work and everything, sleepless nights that probably went into how where they got to be where they were at. All those supposed overnight successes, one-hit wonders and stuff like that, just kind of, they slowly fizzle out because they're riding that high. And then after a while, it's just like, that's basically what you're known for. Honestly, it, I wouldn't think it'd be so bad to be a one-hit wonder. It's always going to be a song that people come back to, whether for nostalgic purposes or, or people that are discovering it for the first time. Or, or, or movies, that like Stranger Things, bringing back 
um, you know, because it's set in the 80s, it's bringing back uh, songs that some may have forgotten, or a new generation is hearing it for the first time, and it just blows up the music charts again. Like, this song hasn't been relevant for, for like, 30 years, but boom, because it's on a show or in a movie, it just, popularity just, boom. And he says, I'm doing the right thing. There comes a time in every man's life where he's got to face the music and say, I swear, if he says I tried it, I failed, I'm going to slap him upside the head. He says, basically, yeah, he says, hey, I'm a failure. Joey, you are never going to get anywhere in life with that attitude, that negativity. I think he's just getting it out. He's just getting out the negativity. And Jesse says, well, 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 hold it. No, no, get, get over here. You're not walking out the door of your dressing room. He says, nobody calls my friend Joey a failure, especially my friend Joey. And Joey says, well, how else can you figure it, Jess? I'm like, this is the time, I think, where Jesse should bring up, like, you think that I don't get that way with my music? It's always, it's almost like sometimes it feels like they're chasing after someone else's dream or someone else's success because they're not as, it's almost like they're putting somebody of who they want to be or their likeness of what they want to achieve based on this person. And he says, I'm a local nightclub comic. That's all I'll ever be. I'd be like, you know, why are you putting down something that you've been working at like that? Like, all of a sudden, they're just like the little people or, oh, that's not enough for me. And it's like, maybe it isn't, but why are you putting them down? They're putting you, they're giving you slots to work on your material. They're maybe paying you, I don't know. But I get it. I mean, maybe, I mean, being on Star Search is like, now that I've had a taste of that, do I really want to go back to just playing the local nightclubs? It's like, so you do that until you find another opening somewhere else and you keep cracking away at it. Don't put down the places that gave you a start. Nah, he calls what he's been doing a rut for the last, I've been in a rut for the last same, last 10 years. Oh, that sign actually says America's talent search continues. He's never been on Carson, Letterman, or, or Arsenio. Well, how do you think you get there? You play the clubs, maybe some TV executive for one of the shows just happens, or a talent scout happens to see you and says, hey, Let's put this person on amateur night. They're not going to just, like, here's a random comic from the San Francisco area, Bay Area. It's like, unless they got amateur night or they're introducing new up-and-coming people, you're not going you're, you're to be relevant. You're not relevant at the point. They're going to put on celebrities of people they know will get their show views. I mean, you just keep plugging away at it. Eventually, maybe one day you'll get there. But instead of Carson, Letterman, or Arsenio, it'll be like Leno or what's that guy's name? Um, Conan O'Brien. Uh, or well, what's that other one's name? Um, Jimmy Fallon. That's the other one I was thinking of. Sometimes it's like you're in such a rush. It's like maybe... You your time isn't here yet, but that doesn't mean that it won't be down the road. And 
I mean, I kind of equate this to the times I tried to get into a video store or a movie theater when I turned like 16, 17, 18 years old, and I never got in. And I'm thinking, looking back on it, there's a reason why, because the two times between the video store, between the video store and the movie theater that I worked at, there's a reason that I worked at them at the times that I did. Because that's when my life, you know, big changes took in my life and everything. Like, well, the video store, that's where I met the person who I would eventually, you know, would be my husband. Uh, the movie theater now and everything, and just, that didn't happen until I moved from Michigan to Texas. So it's like everything happens at the time it's supposed to happen, when it's supposed to happen. You can't rush it. You can't hurry it along. It happens when it's supposed to. Yeah, he says, if that's not failure, I don't know what is. And Jesse says, I'll tell you what is. It's that attitude of yours. Again, he's like saying, if I'm not on some late night talk show, I'm not relevant. And that's considered failure. Like, he's setting the bar so far over his head, he can't even touch it with the tips of his fingers. Like, five feet, that bar is like five feet above his head. It's so far out of reach. Yeah, and Jesse hits the nail right on the head. He says, your problem is the way that you're looking at success. And Jesse asks Joey, do you love being a stand-up comic? And Joey says, well, yeah. Like, okay, what do you love about it? You like making people laugh? Then that's all it should be. It don't it just seems like unless he's making big, big bucks or just being on primetime television or on a TV show, then he just feels like he's failing. Don't make your dreams so far out of reach. And he asked Joey's like, have you made thousands of people laugh? Millions tonight? And Joey says, Well, yeah. And Jesse adds, well, before this stupid deadline of yours, were you happy? Yeah, were you happy were you, with your life? And Joey is like, he, I think he's getting frustrated because he knows basically whatever, what Jesse is saying is, is right. Like, you were happy. You were on the top of the world. You're like, oh, tonight is my night. But as soon as you saw that deadline, you started to look at your life of just summing up the last 10 years and calling it a rut. Because you're not where you were hoping you'd be when you were 19. You're not where you thought you would be in 10 years. When you were 19, that's where you were. Everyone, honestly, I don't know anyone that doesn't think that way. Whether you're 19 or whether you're a kid, your dreams are so far out there because that you're 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 dreaming you're you're wishing you're you're, you're wanting you're they're just saying just dream big dream big just put your mind out there just what what do you want to be and the thing is you know kids it's like we don't really think I want to be this I want to be that it's like but then as you get older it's like okay you're a Junior in high school, start getting ready to apply to colleges. Do you know what you want to be yet? You want, or you're in college. You know what you're gonna major in yet? Nope. It's almost like you have only a short amount of time to try to figure out what you want to do with the rest of your life at the age of 18. It's like 
but you don't know what you want to do with that day. I mean, if you do great, that's awesome. But even after you get out, you, you know, you just, you got to live life, Lydia. You got to have life experiences and then, you know, just ex experience things. You may think like what you went to college for, like, oh, I really want to do this. But then you might get halfway through or you might have graduated with a degree in something like, you know what? I was liking this, but I think I'd really, really do well in this field. It's just, you're allowed to change your dreams. Don't feel that you're a failure for doing that either. And again, like I said, don't give yourself deadlines. So Jesse says, hmm, personal happiness and bringing joy to others. Sounds like success to me. And I like how Jesse puts a hand on the back of Joey's neck and says, hey, Joey, man, I know how you feel. I'm the same way. He is. He is literally in the same boat, only with music instead of comedy. Yeah, he says, I know where I want to be with my music career. And he says, even if I never sell a record, I won't have one regret. You know why? Because I love making music and I'll never stop doing it. Honestly, this version of Jesse could save this part of the pep talk for himself in, say, two years. When he's really struggling, when he's really frustrated, you know, right around the time that Captain Video comes out at the end of season five, this version of himself could have been given that version of himself in the future, his future self, that advice. He says it was such love and sincerity to Joey, because Joey, again, yeah, is like a brother to him. It's like, I know that Joey doesn't want to hear it, but he needs to hear those words. And he asked, Joey says, hey, if you never get up on that stage again, would you miss it? And Jesse turns to Danny and says, hey, Danny, is there anything you'd like to add? I'd be like, you know what, Jess, you did a great job summing all that up. Because honestly, I mean, I kind of feel maybe what Danny would add as far as, because right now, at this point, he's on a talk show. I mean, he went from sportscaster to talk show host. I think that's kind of what his goal was to get to that point. <laughs> He's like, oh, uh, I'm sorry, I wasn't listening. What were you, were you thinking of that, that uh, spokesmodel lady? Yes, he was. He's like, I was thinking about that spokesmodel. I'm like, Danny, focus. Joey needs your help. Jesse can't do it all. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Show, buddy. Yeah. Just remember, that guy needed four arms to beat you. <laughs> Joey, you were the best. You were better than the best. You were the bestest. You were super best to run. You were the... It's going to wear out your tongue. <laughs> you just hate my spot. Well, thanks, everybody. I'm just glad I'm getting out of comedy while I'm still young enough to laugh about it. <laughs> Uh, girls, your Uncle Jesse and I want to talk to Joey for a second. Why don't you, uh, go get Ed McMahon's autograph and find out when our million dollars is coming. Oh, okay. Joey, look, guys, you can save the pep talk. I already know what you're going to say. Keep working at it. It's going to happen. You got a perfect score on Star Search. You made millions of people laugh. Your deadline was totally arbitrary, so if you give up now, you are stupid. Does that pretty much cover it? Actually, yeah, yeah that was... was say. Yeah, me too. <laughs> 
Guys, I know you care about me, but I'm doing the right thing. There comes a time in every man's life where he's just got to face the music and say to himself, hey, I'm a failure. Whoa, 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 hold it. Nobody calls my friend Joey a failure, especially my friend Joey. How else can you figure it, Jess? I'm a local nightclub comic. That's all I'm ever going to be. I've been in the same rut for the last 10 years. I've never been on Carson or Letterman or Arsenio. If that's not failure, I don't know what is. I'll tell you what is. That attitude, that's failure, man. The problem is the way that you're looking at success. <coughs> Do you love being a stand-up comic? Well, yeah. Have you made thousands of people laugh? Millions tonight? Well, yeah. Well, before this little stupid deadline of yours, were you happy with your life? Yes. Hmm. Personal happiness and bringing joy to others. It sounds like success to me. Joy, I know how you feel, pal. I'm the same way, man. I'm not where I want to be with my music career. But even if I never sell a record, I'm not going to have one regret. You know why? Because I love making music, and I'm never going to stop doing it. Now, if you never get up on stage again, would you miss it? Danny, is there anything you'd like to add? I'm sorry, I wasn't listening. I was thinking about that spokesmodel. So, Joey steps out on empty stage. There, all the audience members have left. Um, <laughs> I love like the the guitar um, music that they have playing on this sad scene. Joey's just looking out on an empty uh, stage, empty audience and I'm just thinking when you listen to this clip it almost sounds like the beginning strums of a guitar to that song Pooh's Corner which oh if you have not heard that song that song is amazing there's an episode of Full House I believe it was season 8 I cannot remember (laughs) which episode but I've already covered it but oh it's so good and John Stamos does such a good rendition of it I mean just tell me if that song does not make you cry because it's so good oh this is where he does the Wizard of Oz because he starts blowing into the microphone like like some heavy wind and he says a twister a twister Auntie M Auntie M it literally sounds like he is on an empty soundstage. Just the echo with his voice. And when he drops his bag, you hear this audible thunk. Oh, yeah. Now he's like, oh, man, if only I... Yeah, you could switch out Poppy and... Pop, Poppy. You could have switched out Popeye and put in Wizard of Oz. Does that give him my best shot? Ten years. I was like, uh, he's just... Talking... <laughs> Just a voice in his concerns out loud. Just, it's been a great 10 years. Oh, but what have I got to show for it? He says, I do do the best Popeye in the business. And he does a Popeye impression and you hear this giggle from off stage there. Michelle comes out. He picks up Michelle and says, you know, Michelle, I do love that laugh. You know, Michelle, I've been on so many stages and told so many jokes. He says, but you know, I never get tired of hearing people laugh. It's like, so, so seriously, yeah, why are you walking away from this? She looked at Joey, I don't know. Yeah, you have a new 
upcoming generation of kids to impress. And I'm not just talking about the gremlin children you'll have down the road in Fuller House. I mean, Nikki and Alex. Well, Jackson, Ramona, and Max are, and Tommy are all kind of like, well, especially the older kids are like, even Max in season one is just like, that's not funny. <laughs> Get the deadline, Joey. There is no deadline except for the one in your head. Because, oh, let's face it, I've never been on time for anything in my life. I start. That's right. Why start now? Erase the deadline. Don't even use one. A new deadline. Michelle, you're my witness. No, oh, no witness. No, no, no deadline. He says, if I'm not on the Carson show in 60 years, well, you know what? Um, let's look at the old, uh, let's see. He's talking about Carson. Johnny Carson. Uh, he passed away in 2005, so he, you know, Joey'd have some time. He'd have some, some time. And Ed McMahon... 2009. He's got he's got plenty of time, at least to the new millennia. By that time, I mean they. I don't think they were really doing a whole lot towards the year 2000. By the time he's 90, <laughs> he's not a Johnny Carson, dude. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess if you're gonna have a deadline, stretch it all. Don't make it 10 years or five years. Make it like at least. 50 to 60 years. That gives you enough wiggle room for stuff to happen. Yeah, he says, if it doesn't happen by then in 60 years, I'm going to seriously consider changing my career. And he says, so, to paraphrase Porky Pig. <laughs> I'm not doing a Porky Pig impression when he says, that ain't all, folks. Uh, the rest of the family comes out clapping. And they do the microphone bit again with saying, we love you. Joey does the whole cut it out again. I'm surprised that they get to sit out on the stage there. Are you, you think that security's kind of like, hey, we want to get home. Can you please leave? We want to get home to our families. And we've got people hanging out on the stage. stages and told so many jokes but you know I never get tired of hearing people laugh so why am I walking away I don't know yeah me either I did have that deadline 
Well, but let's face it, I've never been on time for anything in my entire life, so why start now? I'll make a new deadline. Michelle, you're my witness. If I'm not on the Carson show in 60 years, you can outlive both I'm going to seriously consider changing man. my career. So, to paraphrase, Orky Pig, that ain't all, folks. So that was the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Worst outfit, like I said, going to DJ. No, I mean, excuse me, not DJ. Stephanie with that black top that she was wearing with like attached buttons and ribbons. And it just looks, like I said, it was pretty gaudy looking. Uh, best outfit, I think. I actually want to give it to Kimmy. I think I like the, uh, the fuchsia with the lime green shirt cuffs and the black shorts with the it's like black on one side fuchsia on the other I don't, I don't know I just sometimes she you know she's just sort of her zany-ish period a little bit um and as a runner-up I would have to say I don't know I like Joey's was okay but he's wearing a suit jacket uh I like Jesse's outfit he was just basically you know he was also wearing a suit jacket but he the colors black and blue just go really good on Jen Stamos. Really, really good. So, all right. Tanner Teachable moment. Pretty much all that I said during the episode about not putting your dreams so far out of reach that you can't have smaller goals to be able to eventually obtain the big dream. Make little little goals that are more achievable to work your way towards that bigger goal. Do not set yourself up with a deadline. Or if you do, set it so far in the future <laughs> that it is more graspable. Alright, so next week we are moving on to the next episode in the Joey comedy comedic career journey series with season four episode 23 joey goes hollywood this is from march 29th 1991 in this episode when joey leaves for los angeles to begin filming his new television series with a prolific actor just say it's frankie and annette annette funicello and frankie avalon again r.i.p i think well at least are they both gone i know annette's gone frankie may be too um the Tanner, rest of the Tanner family decides to join him. Joey lands a co-starring role on a new TV show with Annette Funicello and Frankie Avalon. Thank you, for Melissa, for writing this summary. The family goes to Los Angeles to watch the Tamian and Joey's pilot episode. Stephanie, yeah, she wants to change her name to Dawn because she's getting tired of being called to step on me. Everywhere else, oh yes, elsewhere, Michelle is using DJ's phone line to call Tokyo. Interesting how Tokyo is going to make a comeback in two years from then <laughs> with Road to Tokyo. <laughs> uh, hey, maybe she was calling um, Nancy from Fat Fish. We don't know. <laughs> ah, that would have been a cool callback. All right, so again... 
Hope you have a great weekend, that you enjoyed the episode. If you haven't yet and you'd like to, go to iTunes, leave a review if you can. All five-star reviews do help the podcast get noticed by other Full House and Fuller House fans like yourselves. Bye-bye, everyone.